do 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 It's the Flashcast, the Flashcast. Do 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 do. Lisa and Tony and Moe's. Do 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 do. Welcome to a surprise version of the Flash Flashcast. We decided that we may as well finish out the year strong since there were only three episodes left. You can thank Phil Moselak for that sterling idea. But I'm here with you. Yes, we. Uh, I'm here with you. This is Lisa Schmeiser, and with me, as always, are Phil Moselak and Tony Sindelar. Hello. I'm not even supposed to be here today. <laughs> no, I'm not even supposed to be here today. We'll get to that in a moment, including exciting segments like the Flash 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 Flashcast recap, um, the Kevin Smith auteur section. Um, I'm no scientician, but and dangling plot threads. So, um, before we get started on the recap, does anybody have any thoughts they want to toss out there for as food for discussion? Uh, not especially. Uh, we'll, not especially. We'll, we'll, yeah, yeah, I'm ready for after the recap. <laughs> All right, so why don't I go ahead and I'll count myself down on the recap and uh, keep myself honest, presumably. All right. Three, mm-hmm. two, one. This episode made me cry nonstop from about the twenty from about the forty minute mark on in. What happens is Barry gets flung into the Speed Force, and the Speed Force decides to talk to him using a series of loved ones from Barry's life, starting first with Joe, moving through Iris, his dad, and culminating with the Speed Force taking the place of Mom. Somehow this breaks through to Barry. They recite his favorite childhood book together. I have a good long cry over that. Barry accepts his fate as the Flash and gets dragged right back into Star Labs and reality just in time to save Iris from. Uh, a zombified version of a dude whose name I'm blanking on right now, but he was fixated on her and had been in the morgue. Yes, they have a morgue. Um, so Barry fixes the zombie thing, then Barry fixes Jesse quick, and it turns out that right now Wally doesn't have the speed force. Uh, and the last thing, the final stinger, was... Um, Oh, God. Teddy Sears' character, who I'm looking on. Zoom! Zoom! Um, Zoom assembling an army of C-listers who will all presumably <laughs> rise up against the city while Caitlin decides if she wants to stick by him because damaged, yet so cute, or if she wants to betray him and go hang with her friends and set themselves all up for possible danger. What will happen? We have two episodes left. Um, I think I made it in 55 seconds. That's, that's pretty that's strong. solid. Yes. Yeah, and you, <sighs> hit, you hit all the details. I, I don't think yeah. I would have added anything to that whatsoever. And I would have forgotten some of those things. So good job. Oh, it was. Um, so I have the reason I have mixed feelings about this episode. I watched it twice in the last 24 mm-hmm. hours ever since Moses like, let's do this. And I said, I have to watch first. Um, the reason I have mixed feelings is I feel like we got a lot of significant character beats out of it um, in in several key relationships. But. Like, visually speaking, this was really not an attractive episode, and I'm laying the, the blame of that firmly at the feet of the director. Yeah, you, you, Kevin Smith is not, I mean, I know there's a lot of people that love him. I'm not mm-hmm. one of them. In fact, I mean, I really liked Clerks and things of that nature, but after that, mm, not a big fan. And especially when he touched Daredevil in um, theatrical presentation. So you say he just Jared Duffel and I instantly imagine Ben Affleck in a red latex suit screaming, bad touch, bad touch. <laughs> I would too. Yes. yes. Um, uh-huh. See, I, I think Smith has a great ear for dialogue. Um, and like you, I was a huge fan of Clerks. Like when I remember seeing it in the theater and just being bowled over by it because it was something that we hadn't seen before. But I hasten to add that was like 1994, 1995. Um, we all move, we all grow. And the thing I found really frustrating was. Um, 
this was an episode that had the potential to be really interesting visually. Uh, for example, Barry's inside the simulacrum of his home because the Speed Force decides that, oh, well, we'll put you in a familiar environment and mm-hmm. have you talk to familiar people. But Barry's weirded out because they're not his people and he knows it. And to me, a more visually acute or visually attuned director might have found a way to either frame the shots so there was a really weird, one of these things is not like the other feel to them, or um, he would have given the actors direct uh, more direction on how to be just slightly more unsettling yeah. with their characters than they were. Because some of them are a lot better than others in terms of yeah. their kind of otherworldly performance. The, the Like the not Joe, I thought was yeah. really good. Not exactly. Irish. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No. It wasn't... It, like I feel like I'm usually pretty forgiving and not not one of those people who picks yeah. up on like when someone's you know it's not it's not working, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, some of them did did not come across the, as well as others, and I don't know I, I don't know if any of you have uh, watched uh, all of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, but this also seemed like a pretty heavy handed pickup on on that. So in Deep Space Nine, it's a space mm-hmm. station, it's next to a wormhole. The wormhole has these aliens that live in it, and they're like so otherworldly that like when you talk mm-hmm. to them, you basically have these visions. And they appear to you as people that are like from your life to try and like be comforting and you and you meet with them in places that you know, which is yeah. also like very convenient for like a budgeting reason of like yeah. we're gonna we're gonna use actors and sets. See, that um, sounds like the exact opposite of comforting to me. Like if, if somebody had to impart heavy information and they're like, There's a pretty here, like here is your one of the early bedroom. ones is like yeah. you know, so someone's dead wife appears to him and he's oh, like, We geez. thought you would find this comforting and he's like, You were wrong. <laughs> you <Yeah. know? laughs> and remember That's not how it, it works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. it's it's a little bit of a, I mean that that wasn't anything new and mm-hmm. I I thought it was unfortunate that they they really didn't add anything new to it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Although I hasten to add Candace Patton killed it as Iris in like the regular Star Labs timeline cuz the scene where um and the scene where I was just giggling uncontrollably was when Joe is trying to suss out whether or not Wally's got speed force powers. And he's like, you know, if you find changes in your body and you need to talk to me, like the background work that Candace Patton is doing the yeah, whole time. Where, and she's like doing hand gestures to, to, to exp- express the futility of it. The Like mm-hmm. she's telling a short story with, with just a few eye rolls and hand gestures. And it's great. And she exits that scene by selling out with, I gave you that rock. And... I thought this is the iris that you can see Barry falling in love with. And mm-hmm. then the you know, at the very end there's that scene with them and the you know, she's she's great all through the labs and there's the scene where she and Barry are at the graveyard and she admits she doesn't really like that um story about the dinosaur because, you know, her mom skipped out and what that story does is it basically, you know, reminds you that if you don't have a mother, um, things are terrible. And she was really good in that. You just too. made just fun kind of... of people without a mother without saying <laughs> no, it. No, I know didn't. That. I made fun of the book. Okay. Because, okay, okay. you know, like I, and, and full disclosure, I sobbed my way through that when Barry's reading the book with, his, you know, his speed force mom manifestation. Cause you're kind of watching Barry go through some intense therapeutic and really heavy stuff. And at the same time, either the Speed Force is really good at feigning maternal experience or there really is some sort of, you know, weird we tapped into the energy of the dead going on thing. And he's reading that book and I'm sobbing and I'm sobbing and the whole time I'm like, wow, this is exactly the kind of thing that you hope someone in that house like threw out after Barry's mom got killed <laughs> because it's terrible to if, if a child internalizes the message of, oh, you'll have this mother who loves you always and is special just for you. And then the mom gets murdered in front of his eyes like. That book is going to be horrible for him. But uh, just on a plot device, was that really Mm -hmm. Barry's biggest problem is still that hurdle with his mom? I'm not saying it's not a big deal, but I Mm. thought we kind of had pushed past that part. 
I don't know. This whole season seems to be about Barry's inability to forgive himself for not saving everybody. Because, you know, the season starts off with him being all alienated and disaffected. And all the talks people have had with him have been along the lines of, Barry, you have this awesome responsibility, and it does have its downsides. And then we find out the root of it is that he's never forgiven himself for doing the right thing and not saving his mother. So I I don't know if if it felt like they're kind of closing a loop there. And my sense is that they had to do that because the next big thing is coming up in the character development. But I'm not yeah. sure what that next big I mean, thing is. I, I kind of thought they were going to come back around to this thematically in some way, because there's still mm-hmm. that whole thing where Barry, in fact, has to like he has to time travel back in time and wave himself off. Right. Like that's like that's still an open loop that we know at some point in the future he's going to do. And I, I wasn't sure if it would happen this season or longer, but it now feels like, like something, maybe it's even like the last shot in this, uh, in, in season, in, in the season we're in right now is, you know, he goes back and like, you know, uh, tells himself that what he has to do, um, uh, because he's, he's at peace with it or has accepted it. Um, so I don't know that some, some parts of it worked for me better than others. Uh, I, I I saw it later in the week than when it aired, and so many people had been talking about how great it was that I think my mm-hmm. expectations were not well managed. Um, that's I think that's it was always okay. tough. That's always that's, tough. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought it was I thought it was uh, better than the last few, but like some people had said, it was the best episode of the season, and mm-hmm. uh, no. didn't didn't do it for me. I'm glad I'm glad that those people liked it. Um, but yeah. the, it I don't know. There was it's there was there were parts of it that just didn't really land. Here's I, a part. I feel like a part. Here's a part that didn't land. Mm-hmm. Zombies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So 90s. It's like the cranberries. Um, I was. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> um, I thought again. I thought the writing in this episode was particularly strong, and I appreciate all the work that they did um, to point out that the Speed Force loves and wants Barry to do what because because half of this is like Barry, baby, you didn't call, you didn't write, you gave me away. Why? Um, so, and, I'm, and like, that kind of raises I'm cool interesting questions. Yeah. And that raises interesting I, questions about Zoom too. Like, yeah. is, are they fighting against him or are they subordinate to him? Like, now that we know the Speed Force has like opinions, what are their opinions on Fallon and Zoom? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm okay with the Speed Force basically being more magical, mystical yeah. than it, than it, you know, before it's been kind of more sciencey, uh, straight up science fiction. I'm fine with it being like this weird, crazy, otherworldly thing that, uh, like, we will never totally understand. I'm fine with that. It's comic books. Um, it doesn't need to be a thing that like you can show me an equation of or anything like that. Um, so the they, it seems like they went pretty whole hog into the, like, no, this is a crazy yeah. weird thing that can dock to you. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, I'm okay with that. Yeah, um, that's fine. That's kind of fun. Um, mm-hmm. You you could imagine they could do interesting things with that in the future. Um, yeah. And you know, and that kind of I mean, like, especially. I think, you know, what this makes me feel better about uh, time ghosts that chase you mm-hmm. when you time travel, right? Well, this this also makes me wonder if that whole the darkness is coming thing that um, Zoom does when he's, you know, busy being, when he's when he's busy being not Zoom and is being Teddy series instead and all the darkness is coming. Like, it makes me wonder if the Speed Force is trying to drive him crazy because they don't like him or they think he's misusing the Speed Force in some way. Mm-hmm. Um because what's bizarre is the speed force definitely seems to, it's not morally neutral. It seems to have a distinct point of view as to what you're supposed to do with it. Mm-hmm. And like half of it was Barry, get your head right, because we need you to, you know, save the universe again. <laughs> and um, again, I, I feel like a lot of the writing in this was really solid. And mm-hmm. I liked, what I really liked was how Wells and Cisco uh, solidified as a team. 
Because they had that really funny sequence where Cisco is talking and Wells is just kind of miming along behind him and nodding mm-hmm. along. And it's evident they've been working together. But, um, and again, I think I think Smith is, is great with dialogue. And I liked him mm-hmm. as a comic book writer. I have his Green Arrow run. He's not a visually adept director in any way, shape, or form. Like, he literally, he has no point of view and no bag of tricks and no way of framing a story visually. And on a show which is about a dude who runs around doing things super fast and punching metahumans, that's not, you need, you need somebody who can tell a story in a way where they can, they can, they can stage it visually. And that just didn't happen here. Even like, I, you know, I, again, I feel like I don't usually pick up on this stuff, but the, the Mm -hmm. last shot or not the last shot, but in the end when he's like, he's running circles around Girder, uh, to electromagnetic him or something, um, (laughs) like just the framing of that felt like, like conspicuously awkward, right? Like, like the room didn't look right or, 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 or something. Right. And it was like a very weird angle for it that they held for a long time. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I was a little, I was a little underwhelmed by a, a bunch of stuff. Um, but I, I mean, I think the thing I like about it, I feel like this is a pretty exciting setup for the last mm-hmm. two episodes. He's yes. got his speed force back. I don't really, I don't like the Barry Iris relationship stuff, but like, you know, that's, that's part of the arc for the season. It's gotten I'm, better. You know. I'll, I'll give it yeah. that. It has gotten far and away yeah. better than it has been. Yeah. Um, I like that his dad is like, I'm back. I'm worried because like <laughs> that seems like something to say right before you get impaled. Um, yeah. But I like that he's back. I like that they had this crisis. And I, I mean, even that the, you know, one shot I did like the opening shot where they're all kind of like reacting in different ways and they're all kind mm-hmm. of, you know, standing with, and that uh, was Henry's key. on the, the steps yeah. and stuff like that. That was pretty great. And like, and they really have this kind of extended crisis where Barry is gone and uh wally and jesse are both like having medical emergencies and mm-hmm. everyone is like freaking out and, caitlin like, is and still that, kidnapped yeah and that freak out continues basically yeah. for, i mean like they get wally up and they get jesse like into a hospital bed and stuff but like joe you know the freak out continues for like several minutes before joe is like okay look we have all of this stuff going on we need to have the right people doing the right stuff we can't just run around like chickens with their heads cut off uh, or it's going to get real bad real fast. Um, it's like, yeah, Joe, voice yeah. of wisdom. That's what I count on you yeah. for. Yeah. Um, Do you think it was also meant to show that Barry is actually a, a, a great way for people to galvanize and focus, and that without him, they're like, oh, crap, oh, crap, oh, crap, oh, crap, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, without yeah. someone... I mean, basically, Joe had to give the Barry speech, right? Because mm-hmm. Barry wasn't there, so Joe has to fill in, and he did a good job filling in. Um, so... Uh, yeah. So what about know, other parts? Yeah. yeah. What what about the cocoon moment wherein Barry uh, gives a little uh, speed juice to uh, Jesse? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's he, probably uh, nothing. Probably nothing. Yeah. Well, um, now it it seems like um, since one of the themes is also uh, like Barry's two things where you you have to own who you are and and forgive yourself for the decisions you make, and the other one was basically um, what kind of connections do you choose to have. Maybe maybe Barry giving a little bit of the speed juice to Jesse is him saying, "Okay, we we need more than one non crazy person in good with the speed force here because frankly mm-hmm. the odds have looked terrible these last two seasons between Yobard Thon and uh, and uh, Zoom." <laughs> I also I just kind of liked how he was when he came back and he's like, "They're just these things I know now and I can't yeah. explain them and I don't understand them and that's like because yeah. I talked to I talked to like a magic speed force god for a while and I'm a little yeah. different now." And mm-hmm. I was like, "You know what? That I like that." Yeah, so do I. He's roll been with touched. It, Barry. He's been touched by something and we yeah. haven't you, had to have prior fourth dad. Mm-hmm. So, so. So yeah, um you know, I 
I, I think this episode, I enjoyed, like I said, the first time I watched it, like the minute Barry's mom was on screen, I was all, bah! and I just couldn't stop. I just couldn't stop tearing up like the rest of the way through, um, you know, because reasons, but, you know, and I, I, I like that they did. I, I like that they did that. I like that they, they found a way to make Barry and Iris more plausible. I liked a lot of the background stuff that was going on. So maybe Smith is the kind of director who frees up actors to feel funnier or he encourages them or encourages them to go funnier. It's just too bad that he, he also lacks the, um, he lacks the ability to, to, to stage, um, he lacks the ability to be visual in a visual medium. <laughs> I, yeah, I think he just doesn't Ouch. know how to stage action. I yeah. think that's the problem. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like I, I can I can create the story, but it's just setting mm-hmm. that visual language of action yeah. it mm-hmm. just got and kind of stunted. Yeah, this it's, is not to spoil Civil War, but um, the first fight sequence when Cap whips out his shield and gets going, like I basically just kind of flocked back against my seat all wow, whoever, whoever thought that one through storyboarded it and choreographed it really knows how to keep your eye moving where it needs to go. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, granted, at, at Flash, their entire budget is probably like Robert Downey Jr.'s salary for a movie. But, um, you know, there's still a matter of, of, of having a visual vocabulary. And we just but Lisa, Lisa, even something simple mm-hmm. like the yeah. end scene with, um, with, with Zoom talking to all these other metahumans, it was like uh, it was just so real, really weirdly set up. And then on a yeah. secondary question, did anybody catch any? I, I imagine the internet has gone through and looked at people, but I yeah. I don't recognize anybody offhand. It looked like a really bad cosplay YouTube clip, to be honest with you. <laughs> okay. well, Which, yeah, because, no, because it should have been chilling to see him having his Lenny Riefenstahl, um, you know, Hitler addressing the people type moment, mm-hmm. which is what is clearly set to do with him on the dais and making the speech and everything like that. And instead, you just get this really confusing thing that looks like somebody shot it on YouTube in a bank. And then you look at the crowd full of metahumans and you're like, OK, this is what happens when people cosplay and then go to the bank. I got it. <laughs> You know, I, I'll go back and I'll watch it again and I'll, I'll take a freeze frame of it and stuff. But like, yeah, uh, yeah on first pass, it was kind of like, there's just too much going on. And my, my visual takeaway is like, there's a lot of people. And I guess that's kind of cool slash scary. But again, it's like, I don't understand what Zoom's plan is. I don't understand why he has, like, he's a, he has crazy powers. He can do whatever he wants. Why does he need 30 inept minions that he has to give a motivational speech to? Uh, and even like the thing where like, he called them his brothers and sisters. I was like, that feels like totally inconsistent with his total yeah, every absolutely. other way he has talked to people before. Where mm-hmm. he had like, I mean, his Earth Two group, like he had some pretty evil, powerful people who were like his lackeys, and mm-hmm. he showed them like no respect. Um, so it's like, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just, it's just, it didn't hang together. Yeah. We have that kind of weird thing where he's he's threatening Caitlyn, but like Katie, baby, and what yeah, is like, that? Yeah. What, what is like? That? Are we supposed to? Are we supposed to believe that Caitlyn might like be swayed by him? Because that doesn't yeah. feel believable in any way, right? Yeah. Um, so no, it's, I, uh, this sounds terrible. I'm relieved that this this is moving us forward because we've had a lot of table setting episodes this season. Um, I don't know if this actually resolves too many plot li- plot threads we have dangling. Um, but uh, you know, I, like I said, I watched this twice within 24 mm-hmm. hours and. I enjoyed parts of it, um, and I'm just going to be holding on to, well, the writing was great. Several of the performances, you know, 
exceeded the material. And this is moving us into the back too, because I am really excited. I'm really curious to see how this is going to end up now. There's still a lot we don't know about Zoom. They're not explaining a whole lot about him. There's that man in the mask mystery going on. So, uh, you know, who knows? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Consulting my uh, thread count list, I, I think mm-hmm. really, I, I won't read off the whole list. I've done it in the past couple episodes, because yeah. I think really the only thread that we kind of got a little bit of movement on uh, was Jesse mm-hmm. Quick, yeah. and whether she would come back, which she did, and then is she going to end up a speedster, which we kind of got a big hint that like, yeah. sure, sure looks like it. She got mm-hmm. she got a little Speed Force handshake there. Yeah. Um, so, you know, seems like, seems like her destiny wouldn't be surprising to see that happen this season. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. Are we going to see Wells become, like, a real boy by the end of this season, too? Since he and Cisco are now, like, science zombie slaying buddies and, and all that. He and did. He was a lot warmer this episode, right? Uh, he he was. And mm-hmm. I enjoyed it because those two actors have an excellent back-and-forth rapport. Um, but it seems really abrupt. <laughs> you know, because at the beginning of the episode, he's freaking out since his daughter's not breathing. And, and mm-hmm. this scientific experiment has just gone terribly, terribly wrong. And in the previous episode, you know, he had been um, very curt and chilly towards everybody. And by the end of this one, like, he and Cisco are basically sharing a brain where they're talking about plans A through H and all that. And I was just like, where did that, you know, was this Brothers in a Foxhole thing going on? What's going on here with this? I'm Um, wondering if Wells backs off next season and they bring Jesse and Wally up front. And mm -hmm. by the way, uh, Wally is a grown man. And yeah. they treat him as though he's the 10-year-old. Like, go back up to your room. Get out of here. And everybody's always <laughs> shooing him away and putting him in the closet and, and whatnot. It just Well, to be fair, the last time he was out in dangerous way, Barry ended up giving away the speed force, which is how they are where they are now. Maybe, maybe they just <laughs> they want to make also, sure Wally stays alive for a few episodes. They did also, like, put him in a closet, and he was supposed to stay in the closet. Instead, they yeah. broke out, and he got zapped. So, like... <laughs> You know. Wally, Wally may be chronologically adult, but he, son, you haven't given us much of a reason to trust you lately. Yeah. <laughs> you're abusing our trust, and until you can show you're responsible, <laughs> but go go hide up you in your, your room. room. I was just like, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's zombies outside. I also yeah. I was like, hey, you guys got your uh, your ceiling looks real great from that time a shark tore it open. So it does. Where, how fast are the contractors in Central City? Well, they, they get good practice. Also, I guess maybe, I mean, could, did I don't know the timeline, I guess, because yeah. Barry was doing that, his like night night contracting work, right? So, I mean, Barry could have fixed it up real fast. Probably I not up to code. I saw some questions but. about that, like, you know, is Barry actually any good at construction? Or are all these repairs like really quickly made? And then the first ring, you're like, oh, crap, there's a hole in my roof. He's still. just like stapling plywood to stuff. <laughs> you know? Like, how, like what happens when, when you're fast? You don't, comes you don't, out? No one ever knows. Well, yeah. I'm just imagining like we actually um, there was this horrible period where we had we went nine weeks without a working bathroom because our contractor got into a violent and not violent, but got into a protracted personal petty dispute with the electrical inspector and the inspector kept failing him for things like it's a quarter inch too far to the left and long story short like city bureaucracy is implacable and terrible and worse than hydra and i just want to know if if barry was running around fixing all this stuff up where was the city bureaucracy were they just like yeah fine whatever you know everybody had seen like the big hole in the sky and and had a had a revelation or do you think there are still inspectors out there trying to red tag buildings that are already back in business (laughs) I feel like you know, like a giant, (laughs) a giant wormhole opens up in the sky over your city. A lot of people reevaluate life 
and we see different so like all the inspectors yeah. in central cities they look up they look back down at their clipboard and they just throw the clipboard on the ground and walk away other people move to central city and become a barista so the wormhole has different effects on all of us that's the oh you know now that you mentioned that also makes no sense about Kendra where like what young woman is like oh my life isn't offering me too much oh what's that an apocalyptic level wormhole event happened mm, that is where I need to go pull coffee everybody's got to pay rent that's and the, the thing but the thing is when you go pull coffee there then you're going to go see a bunch of cops getting their necks broken I mean, it's it just there's no no-win situation in Central like City. Like the labor force in Central City, what is it now? I mean, is it just a billion contractors and nobody in the police academy? <laughs> I wouldn't be a cop. Besides that, they told everybody no. to go away. And plus, that's where the metahumans hang out now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this raises another question. And I hope they actually address this in, in future seasons is why haven't we seen metahumans try to infiltrate the police force or actually come out and be like, I want to serve and you should hire me because I have the meta power of smelling a bad smell and people are lying or, or like whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some, meta, some meta power that's like embarrassing and yet incredibly useful for police work. Have you read Chu? Uh, yes. Uh, I, yes. Yeah. That, oh. that, that was what that made me think of. Chu is a great comic where there's a, a basically... I forget what agency he actually works for, but yeah. it changes. He's basically a detective who, when he eats stuff, knows like the whole origin of it. Yeah. So he becomes, for a while, a homicide detective, but he has to They make him eat, eat terrible things. He has to eat the victims. Yeah. Or a piece of them. But then well, he wow. makes In one event, he had to eat feces. It was terrible. It it's, was just... it's a weird comic. But yeah. It's like yeah. Matter, yeah. Matter Eater Lad, but better. Uh, matter, well, better is a strong think, word. I, I don't think Matter Eater... <laughs> Well, this raises, the thing is about Chu is the guy still has like taste buds and socially yeah. ingrained aversions. Like matter eater lad just seems to be kind of this uh, this, this hedonic matter eater. <laughs> He's the boss. That's what he is. He's the boss. He's not recognized for his leadership skills, though. He really needs to like attend a seminar and work work his way up in the league. Well, perhaps uh, he should so... stop eating the papers at the seminar. That would be a start. Yeah. So. <laughs> I don't. I would. I would love for that. See that. See you know. In some ways, I think this this episode was a little overhyped for me. Yeah. I you know. I don't know the names of anyone else who directed any Flash episodes this season, uh, and I I don't super care. Yeah. Um, so like maybe if I had just expected care. this just to. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Uh, if this was just another episode, maybe I would have been just like, oh, okay, it was okay. Uh, it wasn't bad, but I felt like yeah. it was this like this this hype thing where people had been talking about this, uh, that it's going to be uh, directed by him for forever. And, and then I was like, yeah, it's a TV episode. Did, did, anybody, well, notice, J- did anybody else notice um, uh, Jason Mewes? I just thought like yeah. it was the guy that was like, I didn't know who was directing it. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. But I was like, this guy seems like not your typical background type guy, but I didn't recognize him at all. Well, it was the it's it's the one scene that doesn't yeah. totally flow with the the other yeah, stuff, which is so he's the guy who owns the Hummer, right? Yeah, um, yeah. It's 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 Jay takes his date to the burger place and shakes his. Uh, um, I think the reason people were excited about Smith is because the perception is he's one of us because he's an unabashed comics nerd. Um, he's extraordinarily accessible because he's got a podcast and he tweets a lot and he's always good for interviews and, um, you know, again, he, he, there's the perception of accessibility. There's the perception of nerdery. He did host some, um, TV show that kicked off like the DCU, um, you know, movie universe, the whole nine yards. So there's established interest. And the hope is, is that when you have somebody who feels like one of you and who clearly, clearly loves the source material that they'll push out a product that, uh, is great because they've got this inside track and this inside knowledge. And 
you know, I'm not denying that Smith does because he's actually written mm-hmm. stuff that's now DC canon. But it yeah, it comes down to you can love something and still not be very technically good at it. So <laughs> I agree. And yeah. And um, Smith is never going to be a visual director. Like, he just does mm-hmm. not have an eye for composing a scene. He doesn't have an eye for choreographing action. Um, and I found, a, frankly, I found a lot of the lighting choices to be really weird in this episode, too. It seemed really, it seemed really murky in a, in a way. Um, so there was just, a, it was one of the, the least visually appealing episodes this season. Yeah. Well, I guess they, I, I saw on the internet that he, he would, he is angling to write an episode of Arrow next. And that, that might play to his strengths better than yeah. this, right? Like that might be mm-hmm. fun and wacky. Um, and maybe he'll dig up some, you know, really weird super, super villain from the archives that no one would ever think to use. Uh, yeah. So, um, but I, I don't know. Yeah, it was uh, like you said. I haven't paid too much attention to the the other directorial choices, um, and I'm trying to think back to some of the the episodes this season that I've enjoyed the most. And uh, weirdly enough, the Christmas one comes to mind. Uh, and I'll have to I'll have to look up who did that one this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and I just again, what the heck are they doing with Zoom? And what the heck are they doing with Caitlin at this point either? Because he he gives her this choice, and what was kind of weird about it is she's like, is is she's kind Hmm, I'm gonna have to think her over. <laughs> well, I'm thought, still, mm-hmm. I'm still hoping there'll be some big reveal that'll be exciting and fun, and that the the man in the ma- Iron Mask identity will be like, you know, mm-hmm. will, will get me excited. I yeah. just, I feel very demotivated, like you know, I because I just I don't understand Zoom's plan. He's yeah. just, he's not a great villain compared to uh, what they did with Reverse Flash last last season. Yeah, like, I, I don't I mind have, getting like, on the, board with a bad like a bad guy. Like, let me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look, it's like Damien Dark. Like. I mean, oh, you know, Damien Dark you know is what? so great. Exactly, yeah. but you you kind of know sort of what the plan is. At least you have like an end game, but you're not exactly sure how he's going to get there or why. With mm-hmm. Zoom, it's just like and and does he always have to put the mask on now? I mean, come on, <laughs> yeah. Well, Tony Todd is doing just such great work. I <laughs> I feel kind of I feel kind of bad for for Teddy Sears because you know they're like, well, we've created this commanding, imposing villain who's now played by you. So put on this suit and pose for a moment, and then we're bringing in the guy who who's genuinely menacing. <laughs> yeah. uh, there, I read something. Um, oh God, one of those disposable entertainment sites where somebody associated with the Flash was like, oh, Zoom's long game, beca- Zoom's long plan becomes you know evident in the last few episodes. And okay, dude, you have about eighty minutes left to 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 make it all work. You know, once you once you factor out commercial breaks and previously, there are probably like eighty four minutes left this season. So I'm looking forward to seeing how it counts. <laughs> but this has been it's been a weird and confusing season in some ways. Um, it's been, and they might they might still yeah. stick the landing, but yeah. I'm 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 suspicious. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, at this point, it's like watching a little Olympic gymnast kind of wobble on the balance beam. And you're like, is she going to fall or is she going to do like a cartwheel and pull it off? What's going to happen? Yeah, I don't know. When when they had the the shot in the police station with all the misfit bad guys, I was like, are, are these supposed to be Earth two metahumans or Earth one metahumans? Or, yeah. And I was like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't like, care. I, and, well, yeah. I, and are the I guess the cops are gone. He's he said yeah. I'm taking it over. And his plan, according to Harry, has been mm-hmm. he's going to he takes over the police station, then he gets the metahumans, and then he conquers everything. But Which what begs the mean? question: like, <laughs> like, why is, is there not a standing army anywhere on this planet? Um, no, yeah. 
Well, yeah, no, that's what's so weird is, you know, because Earth A, where where Wells and Jesse are from, doesn't really seem to be under the boot heel of the oppressive Zoom. Like, it still looked like this gorgeous Art Deco, you know, optimistic science fantasy. Um, they so, still have jazz jazz clubs. They've got a monorail. that Like, they yeah, seem like they're doing okay. Right? Exactly. Really funny so, cars. So if this is what Zoom does to you, well, you know, great. You know, I, I think the PT crew is just kind of ugly. Get it off the road, Zoom. You have beautiful... You have beautiful Art Deco things coming my way. Maybe Zoom um, Zoom's big game is he just stunts development. Yeah. Uh, just so. more more abandoned warehouses everywhere, so he can yeah. hang out in them. Yeah, yeah, he just he just he he stifles creativity and innovation, and that's his yeah. that's, that's his super long game. I, think that, I mean, again, maybe there's some fake out, but like it's like they have. I mean, I feel like they've been pretty good about realizing that like conquer the world is a pretty lame villain motivation mm-hmm. right like compared to vengeance or needing to eat the speed force or wanting to undo barry allen from ever existing by manipulating the timeline like just conquering the world or even if it's conquering a world you're not yeah. from because you're you know universe hopping yeah just isn't very exciting like what, what are you gonna do zoom like like once you, you, you have don't... it you have to take care of it someone has to walk yeah. it yeah like you're you just you just on you, ivory you tower. Just, yeah. yeah, you just made 30 hires, and, like, some of those people are not going to be great. You're going to have to do, like, resolve a lot of interpersonal conflicts. Put them like, on performance improvement plans. Yeah, you're going to have to do stack ranking and decide which ones are going to be your middle managers. Like, that, like, <laughs> that just sounds really tiring. And I know you're fast, but... Like, I want to hear more about it. I want Zoom to hire Tony, and I want the show to be about Tony. I would not... I would not work for that organization. I've seen I, I think, what happens. I don't think, you have a, you have I think that would actually be kind of fascinating if you did, like, a, if you actually had a, a, a program about, like, the supervillain who conquers things, and it's not about him. It's about the layer of middle managers who actually get stuff done. Maybe like, I'm the consultant that gets, the, I'm the outside consultant that gets brought yeah, in to, exactly. to shake things up. <laughs> and then you live in a cabin in Vermont the rest of the time and just come in when you're needed. <laughs> That's the only safe way to do it. Exactly. Have you seen how much you guys are spending on coffee every week? This is insane. Yeah. So, <laughs> no one's putting in their share. Yeah. Oh my gosh. No, that's actually like a line item at my um, day job mm-hmm. office. And one person pitched a fit over the environmental unfriendliness of the Keurig machine. Which to, to be no, they did. It was it was a thing. They brought in articles, and so um, the oh, office managers because were, they brought in articles. To they were bolster. really angry. Well, they were really angry about it because the the thing about the Keurig machine is it's got those little cups, yeah. and there's all sorts of horrifying stats about it. If somebody had the free time to stack them all end to end, they'd circle the globe so many times. You know, tons of plastic, blah blah blah. And so this person, this environmental unconscious, this environmentally conscious coworker of mine, was like actually ripping open the cups and trying to compost the grounds and. They, they petitioned for a new coffee system. And so the office manager went out and bought like a Nescafe, which like the, 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 the Nespresso, which has its own set of like different and incompatible cups. So, <laughs> so what you're saying is this is ripe for yeah, season, what I'm saying, season yeah, three plot, plot arc. What so. I'm saying is that basically I would watch a show where Zoom is like, you're spending too much on coffee every week. And someone's like, okay, I have a solution. And they buy a second coffee machine that's wildly incompatible with the first. And whichever supervillain is responsible for being angry about plastic can, can pitch a second yeah. fit about it. <laughs> so full disclosure, uh, Keurig mm-hmm. is not a sponsor of this show. but And probably what, will never be at this point. <laughs> but Look, I want to go on record as saying I, I use a Keurig all the time. Mm-hmm. Keurig, don't hate me. Send me free stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I'm with you. Do you guys yeah. use it with the reusable cups? Because they have those now. I just use uh, grounds I in the I'm sorry. sifter. In the little filter. Most, the- please... 
Mose, you're gonna cut this all out, right? This is this is this is dangerous, dangerous ground we're treading on here. You know, are we judged? Are we fully on third rail? I'm I'm scared of environmentalists. So, but I love the oh. environment. Please, environmentalists, don't come for me. So. <laughs> this, this is this you is a special episode, out, yeah. so no one can complain. I don't want to hear any no. complaints. Not one. No, I do want to see. I do want to see. Um, Somebody in the the the, the Berlanti verse who actually is kind of an, an eco nut or or somebody who's addressing these problems because in addition to my many questions about civic bureaucracy <laughs> and insurance, I can't help but wonder if there's like some poor student group with clipboards that's all think about the environmental impact when somebody drop kicks a super a super villain into a in de- into a, a pond that was hosting an endangered fish. I mean, I mean, I that's I that's gotta that- happen. Yeah. You know, I I think one of my takeaways is that most mm-hmm. uh, superhero worlds uh, uh-huh. do not have a lot of regulation because I think otherwise, like I mean, like they did not do any paperwork to set up that reactor and then just discharge it to the city. And, so like, they're Randy and, and Utopias, is what you're telling me. <laughs> yeah, uh, and everything's great yeah. <laughs> for some people. For some people, so. the talented ones in Galt's Gulch. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're remember, just touching all of the internet reels right now. <laughs> like if oh God, City, we're going to get so much email. Remember when we weren't going to do this episode and we were safe? So, <laughs> not even supposed to be here today. <laughs> it's crosshairs with Lisa and Very Tony. Very nice reference, Tony. Very nice reference. No, I great. No, the Berlanti verse is rich in and of itself, and and. One of the things I do like about Supergirl, actually, is how they actually bring in these, like, considerations from time to time. And I admire how they've been very, very, um, they've taken great pains on that show to point out how the media can construct or deconstruct a hero in no time flat. Um, you know, I, I joke about this stuff just because I'm really curious about what gets handmade for expediency's sake and then what gets obsessed over for six or seven episodes. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, um. Joe's just, just house looks fantastic in a remarkably short time. <laughs> is that where we're coming yep. back to right now? We, Joe's house? Is that, yes. That's where we left off? Yes, it is. <laughs> I don't know whose fault this is, but. <laughs> oh, it's my well, fault. I'll, I'll accept full blame, but I love it. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad someone's happy. I, no, I also really like some of the comic exchanges in this episode. You know, downstairs, you have a morgue. Well, morgue-ish. <laughs> it's a morgue. That was a pretty big morgue. Yeah. Well, and, and that, that's a pretty big reveal. Yeah. yeah. So in addition to having the horrible jail conditions, they have a morgue. Um, it's no wonder that um, Jesse and Wells have been able to live there. Like, they probably also have like a Forever 21 and an Orange Julius tucked out in the corners, too. <laughs> and... I'm no scientist, but I have mm-hmm. a lot of questions about zombies, and I don't yes. think that there, there are any answers for those. Like, like I mean, I guess this is what happens when Caitlin gets abducted, but mm-hmm. I feel like there should have been a lot more questions asked and answers provided yeah. uh, about how zombieism works in this show that, to my knowledge, previously yeah. did not include zombies. Are they saying the Speed Force animated him somehow? Because that's uh, like mean, a the- real jerk move by the Speed Force. Or the, I mean, is it the speed force or the the particle accelerator um, explosion, part- which well, is not the ex- the speed force per se, right? Um, it would be really funny if the particle accelerator explosion was actually like the jerky first cousin of the speed force. Um, but yeah, I guess it was the particle accelerator explosion. Um, and they're lucky they only got one zombie out of it, given how many they have in the morgue, because um, 
Don't they also have the dude that uh, Wells killed earlier this season? Tur- turtle? Was yeah, Turtle. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a slightly less intimidating zombie, probably, right? Like, yeah. they, pick, they pick the big one. They pick the guy, the zombie that could tear down the door. Yeah. Um, Who always so. reminds me of Colossus from the X-Men. Well, that's because he's incredibly derivative of Colossus. Yeah. Right? <laughs> there you <So>. go. <laughs> DC but derivative comics. Mm, yeah. Comics? Hey. Borrowing ideas from each other. Why would they do that? <laughs> Uh, one thing again, I, I'll go ahead and scientist this out because I know people mm-hmm. have talked about it. So, Girder is awakened. Iris is standing right there. We learn after that scene that he's trying to look for Iris, but Iris was right in front of him the whole time. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't even go Don't. any further with that. I just think <laughs> it just needed to be said out loud that we did see that, and I'm not crazy. Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe they ran away. It's yeah, it, the, that part, that particular plot, which I think is the B or C plot, like, like it doesn't hold up to any close scrutiny, and, and maybe it doesn't need to. But like, yeah, don't. I think, and you're not going to get a good answer and, to any question you she, can ask. She put on jogging equipment so that she could lure him around mm-hmm. town. I just, I was like, you know, a costume well, change. It's like hey, Kevin for the Smith task. for reals. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he has a thing for women in jogging suits. Maybe it was his, uh, I don't know, man. I think if I had to run away from a zombie in the name of science and killing zombies, I would want to be as comfortable as possible, too. Um, I actually like the nod to, well, no, because it's better than running around in high heels, which Yeah, you should stretch first, probably, too, right? Yeah. All right, think about all the crap that we gave the Bryce Dallas Howard character for running around in heels during Jurassic World last summer. Mm -hmm. I mean, at least we've got somebody who's like, all right. I'm going to have to run from a bodybuilder turned zombie who also has mm-hmm. steel skin. Do I really want to be wearing a pair of crippling heels while doing this? Yeah, you I mean, don't want I mean, to yeah, Like, exactly. I just thought when they figured out where he's going, and they're like, Wally's there, and it's like, let's just go there instead of, like, having Wally leave. Like, I mean, it's like, maybe, like, phone him and tell him, don't be in the one place that we know could possibly be in danger. But it's like, no, let's go there. Let's have a chat. Let's make like hot chocolate and drop our mug. Oh, um, we didn't. Oh, wait a minute. There's the big one. Mm. The empty mug that Joe uses. <laughs> I didn't know that I saw it. I, I wanted to believe I wasn't. And then I looked at Joe. I was like, man, you are playing it off so well. It looks like it's hot. There was that video, uh, which I don't know if you guys saw that. There was a video of like all the like conspicuously like empty mugs and uh, coffee cups that actors have because they don't yes. want to like keep them. And now I, I see it everywhere. It's it's like it's it's terrifying to me. I I, can't, I will I will not spoil any movies, but there are several recent blockbuster movies that have come out recently that have coffee cups that actors pretend have coffee in them that do not. Yeah, um, don't spoil it. We'll get letters. Yeah, I don't I don't want to spoil Civil War. Just assume, yeah, go into Civil War completely fresh, yes. not knowing whether coffee cups are legit or not. Um, that is the biggest secret in the movie is whether or not the coffee cups are legit. Yes. But now I can't unsee it. It's it's yeah. it's it's, it's awful. all movies for me. But no, why could I see, why it, could I see it. it with Joe and and not other times? Like I swear to like it might have been the way he turned it and I was like Dude, there's nothing in there. Yeah. And I was like, Kevin Smith, you know better than this. And see, that's the thing that like gets Guys, me about him. It's like it all comes back to the coffee budget. There, yeah. there we go. Well, I wonder. No, what I wonder is with these with the cup thing. Like, why don't you put something solid and unspillable in them so that that has the heft and you can physically act with something that approximates the weight of an of, of, a, mm-hmm. of a filled with coffee yeah. coffee cup, like but isn't liquid, so it won't spill. Because that would be my biggest concern. While you know. 
doing my yeah. scene is that if I gestured wildly, the coffee goes splashing across someone's outfit and everybody has a fit. So, you know, like, fill it up with, like, plaster of Paris or something. Um, yeah. Why don't they do that? There's this substance called water that's very inexpensive. Um, yeah. That has I've many similar properties to coffee. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, I'm, I just, I was thinking if they were filled with something solid, then you don't have to worry about them spilling out later. Sure. You can yeah. just keep, you know, keep the same prop cup as it were. Um, I don't understand. Yeah, it's, it's tragic, really. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> we're solving a lot of, we're solving a lot of problems here tonight. This was a great idea. <laughs> I, and you weren't even supposed to be here. No, we were, you know what that's a callback to, right? Is it? It's a callback to Clerks. It's yes. what Dante says constantly through his whole constantly. day. I was yes. not even supposed to be here today. Um, that's his. That's his refrain through the whole movie. Yep, reference acknowledged. Yes. So. yes. Tony knew what he was doing. Exactly. I, I, yeah. I know who I am all the time. <laughs> <laughs> know thyself. Exactly. Uh, with that, we have been rambling. Yeah, for about forty-five minutes. So let's uh, let's draw this to a close. Our surprise episode, whereupon we. Uh, mold over the bureaucratic indignities that await contractors in Central City, how to solve the coffee problem, um, whether or not Zoom will be middle-level bureaucrats when he takes over the world, uh, what this episode did or didn't do for us, and uh, um, why some children's books are terrible. I feel like we've covered all the bases. (laughs) Yep. Good work, everybody. All right, good work, team. <laughs> With you, as always, I'm Lisa Schmeiser, and here's Phil Moselec and Tony Sindelar. Good night, nerds. Good night.